Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. He's covered the big events and talked to the biggest names in sports for more than three decades. Breeze, end zone, he hit 500 career touchdown passes. From Super Bowls to the World Series, he's been there, he'll be there, and he's here now for CMI, the Chris Myers interview. It's great to have Mercedes Lewis of the Packers with us, the veteran tight end after years in Jacksonville has settled in the last couple uh, with Green Bay. And first, congratulations on, on being back in the, in the playoffs. Uh, how does this feel compared to last year's uh, Packer team that went all the way to the championship game, Mercedes? I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Um, definitely, um, you know, just in gratitude. Uh, you know how hard it is to win in this league. And, um, you know, over these last couple of years, we've been able to uh, put games together. Um, and the scary part is we still haven't had our perfect game. And, you know, this year coming into the season, obviously knowing what we did the year before, uh, we'd have a target on our back. Uh, but as you know, in this league, uh, it doesn't matter what you did the year before or the week before or the day before. It's about what, what have you done for me lately? And so I think, you know, always keeping the main thing the main thing and focusing on uh, the process and not the result has got us in a position to, uh, you know, go after our, the ultimate goal when you come into the season. So definitely blessed to be in that spot, uh, but not taking it for granted. Yeah, and I guess a guy like you more than most maybe for the years you've been in the league, uh, you know, to, to have a shot at the Super Bowl. I know there were some, some good years, but some lean years in Jacksonville than last year being on the doorstep. Uh, you, you probably make every every moment count, right, that, that you get these days in the league. 100%. And I think, you know, it's important to understand that, you know, playing in this league is a privilege, right? You, you, don't, you don't make it this far um, by being, you know, not taking advantage of your moments. And uh, as a team, we've been able to do that. Uh, very unselfish team. And, uh you know, I couldn't be in a better spot. I'm going to fit my 15th year of my career. Uh, stay pl- playing at a pretty high level. Um, got a future Hall of Famer at quarterback. Uh, future Hall of Famer in Devontae Adams. Uh, David Bakhtiari. Like, it's just a really good situation. And, I, you know, we have to take advantage of what's in front of us. You mentioned your quarterback. And he. I think Aaron Rodgers calls you. Uh, we've done quite a few of your games this year, broadcasting him on Fox and talking to him in our meetings, preparing for the game. Big Dog, I think, is is right, the nickname he has for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's A-Rod. That's his. He, he named me that last year, and it just kind of caught fire. Um, you know, my teammates uh, from games, telecast, like, it, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I guess he appreciates – he, you know, he really – you know, I said – I'll tell the story. I said I was flying out to do the playoff game the previous year, Seahawks uh, Packers up in Lambeau and I coming from the West Coast sat next to your mom on the plane didn't know it was your mom until we started talking and why we were going to <laughs> Green Bay that time of year <laughs> right. but uh, obviously she's very proud of you and, and she just said how you know we talked about a lot of things about how you and, and Aaron Rodgers clicked right away and so if we could let's go back because this year you know he's got another 40 touchdown performance and is, is probably the most valuable player get that award again and you've surpassed 400 uh, career catches that happened earlier this year. So you two obviously co- connected right away. And I, I know Aaron, he's very particular about people who he kind of warms up to 
Um, so how, how, tell me about how that relationship clicked right away after you coming over from, from Jacksonville. And obviously you'd seen him play, but then all of a sudden he's your teammate when you first get into the Green Bay. Yeah, well, I think you just said it. Uh, it's very particular about, you know, who he shares his energy with and so am I. You know, and I think um, first and foremost, that's where we kind of gravitated towards each other. Um, I think we both do a good job of managing our energy. Um, and he was just one of those guys. I mean, he's not a rah-rah guy. And, you know, I was attracted to that that part of it. And he just kind of leads by example, right, and goes out there and does things, does things the right way and just a great pro. And when you have another guy that's the same way, it's kind of inevitable not to cross paths, um, you know, and, and feel and feel that kind of uh, that energy, that synergy. And so, you know, together, you know, over these last couple of years, we've been, you know, leading from the front, doing things the right way. Guys know what we expect. And, you know, we just kind of go forward in that manner. What was Mercedes? What was your perception of him before you had him as a as a teammate, and then after now, what couple of years of, of being with him in the huddle and, and in games? Has it has it changed at all? Is it what you thought it would be, or is it? I mean, more? I mean, before obviously I was on the other t- on the other side, but I was watching him the whole time. You know what type of player he is, and you hear different things about you know how he is as a person, and then when you finally get a chance to meet him, it's like, oh, okay, this guy is just as good as a man as he is a player. So it's been definitely an honor to uh, share the field, share meeting rooms, you know, be in that space to where we can just bounce ideas about, you know, our, how we want to lead. And uh, it's just come together really nicely. Yeah, and I think, he, I think, excuse me, I'm sorry. I think he appreciates your, you know, your work ethic and what, you know, you, how reliable you are on the, on the field, but I, but I think he also notices the kind of guy you are uh, away from the game. And, and you talked about having hall of famers. Uh, how, how would you describe the, the character of, of maybe this team and, and, and how either you or Aaron, you guys, uh, he talks about you as being one of the, you know, the leaders of the trendsetters of, of how, how the guys should handle themselves so they can handle the tough spots. Well, I think that, you know, obviously with what we have going on this year with the pandemic and everything like that, it's been a, a very uh, different experience, right? And so um, I think coming into this year, it was important that, you know, the leaders set the tone uh, right out the gate, meaning that, you know, every game that we're playing is not about just scoring points now. It's about making sure we do the right things uh, off the field to keep each other healthy. So we're always putting our best product out there on Sunday. And to be able to do that, uh, we got to have all of our guys. And I think, you know, we've done a really good job of doing that. And uh, that's kind of, you know, helped push things forward. And uh, that's why we're in a position that we're, that we're in now is that, that type of leadership. And, you know, we got guys that are going to follow the leaders. And, uh, you know, with, with having as many players as we do on the football team, that's not always the case. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the great teams are the guys that do it together and not, not individuals. So, um, like I said before, just definitely uh, blessed to be in that space and, you know, lead from the front. Yeah, and I just saw Cam Newton, you know, say, boy, I, I, I've been – and I think people could relate to this, Mercedes, in every profession, some that have jobs or have lost jobs or have had to make sacrifices. And I know you guys are playing football and it looks fun. It's, it's a job and it's important. But he said, hey, I haven't seen my, my, my kids in three months. So along those lines, and you mentioned the COVID and the responsibility of, 
uh, you can't just think about yourself, right? You got to think about your team. If you go out into the wrong area or for some, and look, even if you're careful and, and you get COVID, how it affects the team with the restrictions and the, the uh, contact tracing. So I, I guess that's a diff- that was a different element, right? You've had to make those sacrifices. Every one of you yeah, guys. 100%. I mean, it, it's um, obviously it's something that we've had to adapt to. Um, and it's not something that, you know, obviously we want to be around our, our family and, you know, we like I haven't had my family come out to visit me at all, you know, just because of that reason. And uh, and that's that's why I say it's been a different year. Um, you know, you can't see your family. They can't go to games. And so it's literally been, you know, get get to the game, handle your business, get on a bus, get on a plane, come back, you know. And uh, it's something that's definitely – Somebody will make a movie about this or write a book about this one day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. There's a lot of stories. And a lot, by the way, your voice, and I, you know, we've, we've seen you before. You have a terrific voice. Do you, after your playing days, I mean, do you, would, you, would you think about doing either announcing your voiceover work or something like that? <laughs> I've been told that plenty of times. Uh, I'm definitely not opposed to it. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind doing that. I think it's cool. Uh, so we'll see what happens when I'm all done. Okay, you know, and you sing at all? Are you one of those guys that's, that sings? <laughs> every, every now and then. I mean, I'm not a singer, but I can hold a note depending okay. on the. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got a you've got a terrific voice. It just kind of uh, broke through here as we were talking. Uh, you know, we were discussing the sacrifices. You're a warm weather guy from California, then you go to Florida with Jacksonville, and then you're in Green Bay, where we know what the weather is like. Uh, part of the job, how has that adjustment been for you? And I bring that up because, you know, as, as a chance to be the number one seed here, you have a real advantage over teams that come in there with or without a crowd, uh, you know, with this time of year when the weather is cold like this. You know what? I, it's, I've never given it too much thought, uh, but I will say that, you know, it, it fits my game really well. Um, you know, I put my hand in the dirt and it's been that way since I got into the league. And so, as far as, you know, the physical part of it, uh, being cold, you know, rolls right into my hands because uh, it's about being physical and blowing guys off the ball. So, you know, being physical and it being cold, you know, that's what we want to be about. I think first and foremost, never waiting, uh, waiting on what the other team does to react, but actually going out there and being first and, and punching somebody in the mouth first. So being cold and being physical goes hand in hand and, and that's, that's pretty much my game. Yeah, and it's funny. Aaron Rodgers handles that well, and we know he's from the West Coast, a California guy as well. We saw we saw Sunday night in that that Titans uh, beatdown that the Packers gave him with, and you know, we saw AJ Dillon, the rookie, right, to kind of break through, take advantage of some of those kind of conditions uh, you're talking about. And we know that Aaron Jones has has been terrific when you name Hall of Famers. Uh, and you said unselfish. It, it really is a, a team. We think of Aaron Rodgers, but you are a very good running team. The Packers are when they need to be. One hundred percent. And you know, it starts at twelve. Obviously, uh, being able to navigate to the tight spots and, and cold weather games like that, and then just being able to spin the rock the way he does in any weather. You know, like the, these, the cold weather games are what he thrives in. Um, you know, and he he, he made that point uh, to the team. Uh, before the game, you know. Oh, this really? Is, okay. Yeah, he just was like, hey, hey, guys, obviously it's cold. We practice in it. We play in it. And he said, you know, I've had some of my best games in this type of weather, and teams don't want to come in here. And that that gave a lot of confidence to the young guys who've never been in big games or games that are going to propel you um, towards the end of December going into the playoffs. 
So that kind of set the tone right away at the beginning of the Titan game. You knew what type of game that they were going to uh, try to play. And so you really just wanted to exceed um, that energy that they were going to bring. And I think we were able to do that. What's the biggest difference in Aaron Rodgers you see this year compared to last year at this time? I just think that, you know, it's his second year in the offense. And if you got a guy that's that intelligent uh, and you give him another year in the offense and then him and the coach and, and, and that chemistry, um, you know, obviously LaFleur is going to have his own uh, philosophy on what he wants to do as far as uh, an offense and how he wants to create, you know, um, matchup issues for the for the defense. But then you have Aaron and what he wants to do and what he believes in and have, having his own thoughts about how he feels. So what they really do is fuse both of those together. And by doing that, we're pretty much in the best play possible before every snap. And it's interesting because when Matt LaFleur was first hired after Mike McCarthy, the outside world, oh, there's going to be a clash with this young, young guy and the way Aaron wants to run the offense. And then the latest thing was the drafting of Jordan Love. Hey, there's another quarterback when the Packers – Again, fans and, and they're, they're passionate and say, hey, we, we should have drafted a receiver or maybe some help on, on, on defense. Uh, any of that inside the building, Mercedes, filter through at all, or is that just mostly outside? Has that been outside talk over the last couple it, of years? It's, it's the outside, obviously, man. I mean, it's, you, you got to think about the, the situation and the scenario. Obviously, when you draft a quarterback and you move up to get somebody in the first round, um, you know, there's going to be speculation and talk about it. But when you have, a consummate pro like A-Rod is and a guy who who's had success uh, for so many years, MVP, Super Bowl, all of that. I mean, it's not much that you're going to be able to do to rock a guy like that, right? And so it's one of those situations if a guy's been playing, you know, at the level he's been playing for so long, you're not just going to take the job, bro. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that you're going to have to go get it. And if it's up to A-Rod, that's not going to be for a little while. So, you know, he understood he understands that part of it. A, a- Rod psychologically is uh in the best spot that, that anybody I've ever met or known. Um and so, you know, it's business as usual. Uh standard operating uh, procedure is what it is, man. And, and we just roll. Yeah, and it's and it's worked so far. Important to and I think last year's game you went to San Francisco, the 49ers, to play in that championship game. So you have the Bears coming up. They need to win to get into the playoffs as a, as a wild card, obviously a longtime rival. And then, and then of course, I guess the Packers can still get the top seed even if they were to lose. But how important is it to, to win Sunday against Chicago, secure that, that number one seed where you get the first round by, and then also take care of the, uh, your division rivals for a long time? We're, we're definitely going in that game to win that game. Uh, that's our mindset. That's been our mindset. Uh, we need to go in there, handle our business, and do what we've been doing, being consistent and carrying that momentum into the playoffs. Uh, it's very important to us. Um, you know, we want those, we want the playoffs to come through Green Bay. Um, you know, and, and to think about all the years that Green Bay has won, they've never had that happen. And so yeah. it's going to be a, a good situation for us. Um, and we're going in there with the right mindset and approaching it the right way. Uh, definitely looking forward to the opportunity. We know that it's going to be. Uh, a tough game um, and the division games are always that way. Uh, and we'll be prepared for the task. Yeah. You make a great point. You know, that Packer team that won the Super Bowl with, with Aaron Rodgers uh, against the Steelers, that, that was, a, they were a wild card team, you know, so they didn't have that, that home field advantage. And now as, 
as a top seed to have that the only one in that conference to have the the, the first round by. Are you surprised, by the way, that and I would have thought, you know, given how great a player he is and how hard he works, you talked about how where he is in his mind, Aaron Rodgers, uh, that he he hasn't been to more than one Super Bowl, then or that he hasn't won, I should say, more than one Super Bowl. Definitely uh, surprising. Uh, obviously, when you talk about it and actually put it in perspective, um, but I think that's you know everything happens for a reason, uh, and the universe works in, in weird ways. And I think that you know that's one of the reasons why we were so close last year and why we're doing what we are this year. Um, you know, there there's a little room for error in this league, and we all understand that. And you know, Aaron and I are at the tail ends of our career, you know, and so all these moments and all these opportunities that we have to, to go out there and still play this great game and experience victory and uh, push forward. Um, you know, we have to uh, cherish these moments. And I think that's, that's what we're doing one day at a time. The grind has always been real. Yeah. Do you think that's part of the reason you, you two connect so well? I mean, you gave some of the reasons, but I, I, I when you say, you, you know, you're at the later part of your career rather than, I think you said this was your 15th year. And, and for Aaron, too, he's, what, 37 now. So you realize there are less or fewer opportunities, I guess, right? Is that the way to look at it, to, to get, yeah, finally get yeah. that ring? Yeah, definitely fewer opportunities. And I think, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, how do you explain it? It's like, uh, you know, what's understood doesn't have to be said between us. Right. You know, okay. and when we step on that field in practice, you know, we know the energy and, and, and the intent. Um, that we want to put out there into the world when we step foot on that field every day. And it kind of permeates throughout the locker room and, and on the field on, on game day. And so, you know, th- this feeling is a feeling that we want to be able to have uh, as we continue to, um, you know, knock them down and yeah. get ready for that, get ready for the big game. But it's one at a time and we understand that, um, you know, and it starts with Chicago. And you were knocking them down uh, with catches. When you surpassed the 400 career catch mark, I mean, were you aware of that of that number? Did it mean something special uh, to you? To I mean, I know your your eye is on the big prize there, the Super Bowl, as you just said. But but certainly, when something like that comes along, I guess it reminds you of how you know consistent you've been over the years. Yeah, so it, it was a situation where I, I think I knew that I was getting close to it, um, but it meant more that they that the organization reminded me. Oh, okay. Because when you're in it, I mean, I'm not really thinking about uh, accolades and numbers and stuff, you know, it's all about, you know, going to attain that championship, you know, and, and whatever it is that I have to do um, to get that done, you know, that that's what my mind is set on, you know? And so yeah. the fact that they were like, Hey, you're a couple catches away uh, from hitting 400, and you have over 200 and some games, you're sixth or seventh on the list for tight ends all the time, like just a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then we come into the game, and the first play of the game against Chicago, they throw me a screen pass, right? Yep. Get the screen pass, and then for my 400s, it was a touchdown catch. Like, just for them to have um, that much awareness and be cognizant of, you know, the work that I put in and to be able to do it in that way, and it come from A-Rod, I mean – uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. You can't write it up any better. Yeah, I just say that's part of you talking about a book or a movie. And I'll, I just say, knowing Aaron Rodgers and how aware he is of everything, right? He's the most analytical athlete I think I've ever been around. But he probably knew going in, all right, we're going to get big dog this one. And then when we can, if we can get him to touch it down, you know, he probably had it all mapped out. Oh, no, he knew it. 
he knew it. He's, he's the one that told me. <laughs> That's funny. Did you think, if, let's go back 2006, right? You're, you're drafted in the first round uh, by the Jags. I think it was pick 28, and you're, you come out of uh, UCLA. And then uh, here it is all these years later. Did, did they view you as a, bl- a blocking tight end, a receiving tight end, or, or, or the trend of the position at the time? And then maybe how that has changed over time. Obviously, you've, you've had to change and adjust as well. Yeah, so coming out, obviously, I caught a bunch of passes, a um, bunch of touchdowns, set records at UCLA, won the Mackey Award, all of that. So I think coming out, it was more so what I could do in the pass game. Um, but what happened was I got drafted to a team that ran the ball, right? And right. so when I got drafted to, you know, Jacksonville and knowing how heavy, you know, run they were, run, play action, and then they would take their shots. It was just like one of those gritty, you know, you have to have gristle on your bone to play in the AFC South at that time when I was there. And so being in that situation helped me round my game out, right? Could I run routes? Yes. Could I catch the rock? Yes. But as far as the blocking part of it, Learn, learning how to be a consistent blocker and have a, and learn what it what it took to have the mental uh, aptitude to do that play in and play out is why I am the way I am now. Uh, I wouldn't change change anything about my career. Obviously, you know we want to catch the ball more, we want to score more touchdowns, but it was really about you know being my absolute best at whatever it is that I was going to be doing uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars day in day out. Uh, and it's got me to the point to where I am uh, now and, you know, kind of, you know, built my mindset, um, tough, physical, uh, intelligent player on the field. And, you know, when you need a play or you need to run behind me on, on fourth and one or third and two, you just come my way and we'll make it happen. You know, and, and I take pride in being all around tight end and, you know, doing whatever it takes, you know, to win a game. So uh, it's definitely been a long road, one that, you know, I'm appreciative of. And, you know, one day I'll be able to tell my stories. Yeah. And tight ends uh, now, do you, you obviously hear about Kittle and, and, and Kelsey. Uh, I don't know. Were there any in particular that you looked up to coming into the league, admired, and then, and, and then the guys you see today, any of them jump out and you say, hey, uh, no, that's you know, one of my favorites. When I came into the league, um, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, uh, Todd Heap, um, Jeremy Shockey was making some noise. Um, but I had a whole tape, whole, whole, all type of cut-ups from my junior and senior year in college, uh, just studying those guys and trying to put some of what they had in their game into my game. I think that's the beauty, you know, of it, is being able to appreciate, you know, those before you and those after you and kind of, you know, float in your zone and and carve out, uh, your path, you know, and as far as the new guys, you know, obviously, you know, Kittle um, is one of my favorites, uh, being able to do do it all around, catch the rock, get up the field, his jack, and the way he takes care of business on the line of scrimmage, you know, not not every everybody uh, wants to wants to do that type of work at the tight end position. Yeah, you know, especially it takes. Yeah, especially as you said, where, you know, catching touchdowns is is, is the glory part. But you got to, you know, get down on the dirt and block or do do what's needed. I, I want to go back to the pressure of uh, Jacksonville being a first round pick. I mean, even though it was a uh, later in the first round, what what comes with it? We we talk a lot as fans and members of the media when it's a quarterback who's drafted number one overall or in the first round. 
but at any position, is there a certain amount of weight you carry with that when you, when you come into the league? I mean, now you can look back on it and, and, and be honest about what, what that's like and what people's expectations are like. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a little different. Um, you know, obviously getting drafted in the first round and all of that, like that, that was amazing. And, and, you know, I'll forever be in gratitude for um, Jacksonville giving me the opportunity to live out my dream. Um, but, Honestly, and I've been this way since I I, I, don't, I can't remember. I, I was a kid uh, playing ball and, and going through high school and college. I put so much pressure on myself um, to be at my best uh, when my best is needed that no coach, um, no GM, no owner could put that same type of pressure on me. And so I'm, I'm able to thrive um, in my own space and be comfortable in my own skin knowing that, you know, things that I set out, the goals that I, you know, set out to attain at the beginning of the year, you know, that's what, that's what I'm striving for and, and to be there for my teammates. So all of the other stuff, I, I try to, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing and run my own race. I don't, I don't worry about everything else that's going on, on outside of me. Well, uh, yeah, obviously that it's worked for you over the years. Do you have, uh, if you had to sum up your time in Jacksonville, uh, what, how, how would you do that? How would you assess that? It taught me a lot about being, you know, not just a, a good football player, but a great man, being able to face adversity, um, knowing what it's like uh, coming back after adversity, um, you know, them uh, getting, bringing more tight ends in and, you know, me having to take pay cuts and then giving me money back. You know, like it's, I've been through a lot there uh, and I'm appreciative of every moment. Uh, everybody in that community, uh, I was heavy in the community and, and that's what I miss the most. Uh, whether it's my barber, whether it's, um, you know, donating my time to the Humane Society or even going to the Cheesecake Factory and having conversations with <laughs> two of my favorite bartenders. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely enjoy my time there. Um, and, and now, you know, it, it's helped me, uh, it's molded me into the to the man I am today and, and able to share those moments with the guys uh, that I'm that I'm with now. So definitely appreciative. And uh, yeah. Yep. Life goes on. You keep you keep moving, and I and I remember with your Long Beach years ago. You would I don't know if you're still holding uh, football camps or helping with the development of of young people with football and academics. Uh, you, you still do that. I don't know if time in yeah, Green Bay has yeah. put into that. Yeah, my foundation. We still we still do that. Obviously, with the pandemic, we hadn't we couldn't have my youth camp that I always have in the summer. Um, mm -hmm. But once you know the smoke settles and everything's get back to normal, then you know hopefully we can continue that. Um, but, you know, that's something that I've wanted to do since I was a kid and, you know, being on the platform to be able to give back, um, you know, something that I, I didn't have when I was younger. Uh, yeah, and that's so nice. I was, just, well, I was just saying, I'm sorry, Aaron, that's nice that you, you that you do that, right? Is that something that you've always kind of wanted to do? And then when you were in position, you were able to kind of live it out. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, um, you know, it's always about the next generation, right? And, and making sure that you, you're doing your job to push it forward. And, uh, you know, having, having those young kids out there running around from the age of like six and seven all the way through high school at my youth camp, like it's really nostalgic. And, um, you know, that's, that's what you live for, man, is, is to do the best that you can with what you're given and give it back. So yeah. it, it's, been, it's been a good career and, you know, I'm still not done yet. Yeah. I want to be appreciative of the opportunity to be honest yeah 
I mean, you sound like you're what, 36. And I, I was yeah. going to ask you, I don't want to rush you into retirement because things are going well and you're in a good spot with a quarterback who wants you there and the team's having success. So is retirement on your mind? I, I know you said you're closer to the end of your career than the beginning, but you know, I, some of these guys are, these quarterbacks are playing into their forties. How, how, how much longer does uh, Mercedes Lewis plan to play? I mean, it's, it's inevitable not to um, think about it every now and then. Um, but as soon as that, thought rose through my mind I flush it you know I've acknowledged <laughs> it and I flush it and and I'm I'm back in the present time and in, in my present time I'm still playing at a very high level I'm in a spot where they appreciate me uh, and, and I got a, a a hall of fame quarterback that got my back so we rolling man we'll see what happens yeah I, I, we're excited now other than the Packers for a moment Mercedes what who's the, what's who's the best team you get you've seen all year uh, you would say um, Anybody jump I really out? Like, I really like the Bills. Wow, okay. I really like the Bills. I think, you know, top to bottom, all three phases, they really got it rolling. Um, obviously, the Chiefs are really fun to watch, um, but I, I would have to say the Bills. All right, fair enough. We're going to wrap up here with, uh, I, I say, give me five. There are five questions, and I just throw them out. You fill in the blank, uh, either one word or you can expound on it. So number one would be, at the top of my all-time favorite list, uh, of players I've played with would have to be what? Maurice Jones-Drew. Hey, okay, the great running back. And we see how that, just a feisty personality too, right? Aside from being a heck of a player. That's my dog. We, I mean, our, <laughs> our relationship goes back to when we played each other in high school and, and being able to go to UCLA together and get drafted together in Jacksonville. So Maurice Jones-Drew is, is, is dear to me. That's my guy. All right. If uh, if I had to choose between city guy or nature man, what is best for me? Which one? <laughs> city guy, for sure. <laughs> um, I was born in the inner city of Long Beach, California. Uh, you know, stayed there. Obviously, went to high school, Long Beach Poly, went to UCLA. Um, you know, in the off season, that's where I'm at. So definitely city. All right. If I was listing uh, my all time movies, favorite movies to watch. Uh, these would be at the top of the list. I'm going to let you throw out a few. Uh, I'm a movie buff, so I would have to say Boys in the Hood, um, Poetic Justice. Okay. um, And probably The Town is one of my favorites. Oh, the one with uh, Ben Affleck, right? Yeah. 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 That's kind of a cool, uh, you get caught up in stuff, right? And you try to get out of it. Uh, yep. Those are good ones. All right. I like, I like that. All right. So just uh, I'll throw all these uh, after, after playing at home, my home team, or we'll put Jacksonville and green Bay in that my favorite place to play is where my favorite place to play um, would have to be Pittsburgh. Ah, why is that? Uh, those fans are rowdy. Uh, they support their team. Uh, but when, when you're taking control in there, yeah. it's so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you love silencing the, uh, they have, obviously, yeah, they're great. Organiz- and finally here, if, if I owned a yacht and maybe you do, and I don't know, you're, you're hiding that from us, but if, if I owned a yacht, uh, they all have such cool names on the back, right? They could be people's names. They could be uh, right. certain, what I would name it. What, what would Mercedes Lewis put on the uh, back of his yacht? If I owned a yacht, I would probably name it foreign car. Foreign uh, car. <laughs> obviously, my name is Mercedes, and a lot of uh, my teammates over the years have called me Foreign Car or Smooth. So right. I'll, I'll probably call it Foreign Car. <laughs> well, and that's funny because I've heard people say your name, and you probably had this a lot growing up, Mercedes Lewis, right? right. They, they, they missed instead of M A R. 
Uh, right. And you just you have to correct them. But uh, you've uh, you've put the uh, the Mercedes in Mercedes everywhere. Well, that's good. Well, I, I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoy watching you play. And you've always been terrific to talk to before games, after games. So uh, keep up the good work. Thanks for being on CMI, the uh, Chris Myers interview here on Podcast One. And we'll talk to you again real soon. So you have a great new year and, and a good postseason. All right. Thank you for having me. Take care. Mercedes Lewis with us. Thanks for listening to CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Get new episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. 